Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, Manly's favorite son, Shane Evans. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Splinters, the podcast from the bench as you hear Friday night on Triple H 100.1 FM. My name's Shane Evans. We're looking forward to having a good show here, but I can't do it by myself. Obviously, I need to have a guest here with me. I couldn't get Jake Aquilina. He's tied up with some other stuff with University and Rugby Union. So I've got the next best thing. He's a friend of ours. His family's incorporated into the Rugby Union with the subbies here on the Northern Beaches. Good evening to the wise one. Matthew Mears. How will I end up another guest on another podcast? What's Keith got you up to now? Topolsky, I know you're listening to this. I'm coming after you, all right? I'm sick of this guesting, but it is a big episode today. It is with covering the Super Rugby Preview. If you're listening to this on Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1, it's only a couple of sleeps away from the start of the Super Rugby season. But if you're listening on podcast.com, you could be listening to us anytime from anywhere, so check your local guides to when it may be on. But uh, you're going to have a good episode today we're going to take you through all of the super rugby super 15 we'll cover that a little bit as we go along they're back down to 15 teams so it's going to be an interesting season Shane with um, a few changes there Australian conference has changed again and uh, we'll be looking at these Australian teams and hoping we'll uh, have some good representation in the finals okay just before we get on to the actual the conference for Australia what is your background when it comes to rugby league I know your father's in the union union I know your father's in the from the brother set up yeah my dad in the suburban yeah my dad my dad former president life member of brothers rugby i'm former player of the dy lions which as we record this at the mere studio is literally about a block down the road at james morgan reserve so uh i think i'm a 76 game veteran for the dy lions definitely a lot of ties to the rugby community i've been going to rugby games before i can even remember so as said it's something that with a lot of our involvement in rugby league and cricket on triple h it's not something I, I get to enjoy a lot of, so, but I tell you, this season's going to be a, a really good one. It's as I said, with the contracting of those Australian teams back down to four, I think it's just going to strengthen them that little bit, and I think they're going to put on a good showing this year. Okay, well, we'll look at the Australian Conference first up. Obviously, you've got the four Australian sides, the Waratahs, the Rebels, the Queensland Reds, the ACT Brumbies, but also you've got the Japanese Sunwolves in our competition as well. The 15 sides are broken down like this. You've got the Australian Conference, which is the four Australian teams plus the Japanese side, the South African Conference, which is the four South African teams, then the then the Argentinian side, and then you've got the New Zealand Conference, which is all five New Zealand sides. So everybody plays each other once, and then they'll play the second round in their conference. So that's how they end up playing the um, their matches throughout the season. Okay, well we'll just take a quick look at the end the table from the end of last year's season. Obviously the Crusaders finishing top with a fourteen and two record. They were seventeen points clear of the Lions. From South Africa who are 9-7 and seven. and then the Waratahs the best of the Australian sides finishing third overall on 44 points with a 9 win 1 draw 6 loss record but getting into the actual sides themselves we'll start off obviously with the Waratahs that's where we're based here in Sydney last year captained by Michael Hooper will still be captained as well they were first in the Australian Conference coach again this year is Daryl Gibson this will be his second season in a row just your thoughts on the Waratahs they're coming off third in the competition first in the Australian Conference last year. They have to be favourites
favourites again to back up that first place in the Australian Conference. They always seem to be the stronger side. They have those players, they're those dynamic players in the key positions, the Israel Falaus, Kirtley Beals of this world. There's a few players already come out and said that this will be their final season like Nick Phipps, so they'll be looking to really have a big season for the Waratahs. So that's going to be an interesting one there. Maybe take us through those ins and outs of the Waratahs because there are some interesting ones there. There certainly are. When it comes to players coming in, you've got Rory O'Connor, who is actually based at Warringah, is our tight head prop for the Rats. You've got LaRue Roets, who's come in from South Africa. Also Carmichael Hunt as well, I believe. he's come in very late with a 12-month contract. It's basically his last opportunity, as everyone knows, with with all his previous indiscretions, which we're not going to go into, but he's been told by Rugby Australia. He's got one chance, and this is where he needs to prove it. Some of the outs, Paddy Ryan, he's gone over to England. Ty Keely, Naya Rivaro, oh, he was a beast last year on the wing, but he's gone over to play in Toulouse. Other guys coming out, Kalavati Tawaki, he's gone back to Shoot Shield. Hugh Roach has decided to have a year off. Kelly Miafu's gone back to Shoot Shield. Brad Wilkin has retired due to injury. Michael Snowden has left. Iray Simone has moved over to Japan to play in their competition. And Andrew Kellaway has stepped into a coaching role with the Junior Blues, or they call it the next gen for the New South Wales Waratahs. So that's not a not a bad looking lineup coming through for the Waratahs. I am looking forward to seeing Rory O'Connor playing. I have seen him up close, obviously, with my association with the Rats. So tell us a little bit about him, Shane. What, what position does he play? Is he is he going to have some strong competition there? Do you see him playing a lot in the starting lineup? Maybe start off the bench. Well, normally he's a loose head prop. In the, in the one, but he can also play tight head prop in the three, so he's been specifically picked to cover a couple of players who are kind of borderline, but they're looking at him also in an Australian context as well. He did play in that possible v probables game at Leichhardt Oval last year, late in the season, and because of that strong effort, and also with the what with the Ringer Rats also making the Shirt Shield Grand Final, and his efforts in that in the loss to Sydney University, he still made a good effort, so Daryl Gibson's decided to offer him a two-year contract so congratulations to Rory but I'm going to leave my side who I follow in the Brumbies till last but well I think we need to talk a little bit more about the Waratahs before we go on to the next side Mm -hmm. they've got a bit of a nomadic start to the year obviously with everything that's going on with Allianz Stadium they're not being able to play there at home They, they do have the back end of the season they'll be playing out of the new Western Sydney Stadium Bank West Stadium at, at Parramatta um, but until then they're, they're really on the road aren't they they've got a game at Brookvale Oval they're playing a couple at the SCG I think Newcastle even has a game so mm. it's going to be an interesting start to the year for them because they really need to get it firing get those wins on the board and, and in a few places where they're not used to playing they'll, they'll definitely have the support I know the, the game at Brookvale Oval I went on I went on myself last night to try and buy some tickets all the all the stadium all the, the um, grandstand seating is sold out mm. it's only GA is left and only there only them there's only limited numbers as well so they're going to have a lot of support in some of these in these outer grounds and the um, and not their traditional Allianz Stadium but it can be a bit different though can't it playing somewhere where you're not used to well you've got to remember they've had a trial there a couple of times over the last few years with the yeah, Highlanders and well. the Auckland Blues okay results wise was terrible <laughs> but when you saw the crowds there you're talking 17 18,000 
some of the crowds that the Seagulls would love to have for NRL, and it was only a trial. So yeah, well, it's a novel, the novelty of the thing. Yeah, and, exactly. and that's again what they've got here. It, it said Brookvale will be a great place for them to to hold a game like that. But it's still going to be an interesting start. I said there's some big teams they're playing first up, Shane, and, and um, they've, they've got a few of those New Zealand sides early on, and they really need those wins to to get off a good start. They do certainly do. Obviously, playing the Hurricanes first round, and then they're over to the Japanese Sumbles in round two. The other other major away games, obviously Auckland Blues in round eight. Then they make the the two week trip out to South Africa. They play the Bulls in round twelve. Play the Lions in round thirteen. They then go for the second state of origin clash, as they're now calling it, between New South Wales and the Queensland Reds in round fourteen up at Suncorp. They fit, finish off the season with the Highlanders in round eighteen. Their two buyers will be in round three and round nine. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The Waratahs and the Brumbies and the Rebels, they're going to be a really strong side this year, but we'll touch more on the Rebels shortly. But I can't see them finishing, honestly, anything lower than top two for the Australian Conference. And if there is, there's got to be some major issues or injuries in this side. Well, when you've got a team with the likes of Kirtley Beal and uh, and Israel Falau, those sort of guys in there, Michael Hooper leading the side as well, they're, they're your main guys that you turn to for the Wallabies. So having that having that stable presence coming through to the Waratahs as well, they, they play a lot of rugby together. I would certainly have them finishing top of the Australian Conference, but where that translates into the, the full 15 table, that's going to be where it's more interesting because that's going to affect their finals run. So first last year equaled third in the in the in the 15 man draw. So it'll be interesting to see if that'll translate again. I don't think it'll be that high again. Fourth, I think, is probably where they'll be aiming for. Okay, we'll now move on to our Melbourne Melbourne fans. So to any of the Mexicans listening. Sorry, I just jest. No, you don't. You don't jest. (laughs) How many... Don't make me fine you. The fines still carry over to splinters, you know. It is. We are talking about the Melbourne Rebels. They're captained by Adam Coleman. They were ninth overall in the Super Rugby last year, second in the Australian Conference. Coach for their second year is David Wessels. They finished last year with a 7-9 and nine record. This is looking very interesting, obviously, with some of their players that they've brought in when you're talking about players like Quade Cooper. You're also talking Matt Tamua. As we know it on the bench, the other half to Elise Perry, one of our muses. So, well, yeah, that, that's yeah. He's made a move from the New South Wales Breakers to the uh, Victorian side. So, I think he's gonna. If we still had the old, um, what do we call the 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 wide the, the the wide world of sports, the cool world equivalent from Top yeah. Gear, he'd be getting moved very much down to the board for making Elise move to Victoria. So, you're in our bad books, uh, Mister Tamua. So, watch out from the bench. That's all I can say. And just a couple of the major outs. Obviously, Amanaki Mafi, who was playing as their number eight last year, he's moved overseas. And Jack DeBrazzini, who was the fly half in Jersey 10, he's actually moved across to one of the New Zealand sides in the Chiefs. So but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Just some of their games that they've got away. Obviously, they start the season away down at GIO Stadium against the Brumbies. They make the double South African trip early to the Lions in round five, Sharks in round six. And then they go to the Queensland Red 
Reds in seven, the Waratahs in 12, but they finish off at home in round 18. Their last away trips are the Sunwolves in 15, the Crusaders in 17, which is no mean task to try and pick up points over there at AMI Park these days. Their buys are in round two and in round 11. Well, they're, they're going to have an interesting season, the Rebels. They're somewhat of a surprise to finish second in the Australian Conference last year. That did equate to ninth, though, in the in the 15-team combined ladder. So they'll be trying to push for that second spot again. They'll be looking with the additions of Cooper and Tamua to to maybe play a bit more of an attractive brand of football. They'll have those outside backs that, that maybe they were lacking a bit of depth in last year. There's some uh, injury clouds around Reese Hodge, the local Manly. Uh, Marlon, that was the sort of probably one of our bench supporters that, that we follow along. So they, it sort of decreased their options in those key positions. Now with the inclusion of those, I reckon we'll see a bit of a different game from the Rebels. They'll be able to attack a bit more. They'll have the, they'll have the luxury of, of who plays 10, who plays 12, which will be a good one. I, I do reckon probably Cooper will start in the 10, Tamu will start in the 12, but it's a great luxury for the Rebels to have. They, they, they're starting to build a little bit of a fortress down there at Amy Park in Melbourne in what is probably one of the better stadiums used for um, for Super Rugby. Obviously, listeners of um, Splinters and the Bench will know it more as the home of the Melbourne Storm, but uh, if they can get a good crowd in there, it, um, it does. they do get behind their local team. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get a few more wins. As you said, they, they have have a, few, a run of home games at the start there after being a, after being away to the Brumbies. They really need to, and like the Waratahs, they really need to get off to that good start to, to give themselves the opportunity in that run home, particularly when you look at the likes of they've got the away to the Hurricanes in round 12, Crusaders in round 17. That could be real, that could be a really big making break game for them um, coming into those finals and trying to make those finals because as we've seen in past seasons, if you don't finish top in that Australian conference, you pretty much kissing those finals goodbye. Okay, prediction, where do you see? Second or third in conference? Well, it, it's it's an interesting one, as I said. It'll be interesting to see how the other two sides come up this year as well. Obviously, they've got massive changes as well. I don't see them finishing second again. I think they're probably best they can hope for is third, which means that they'll be down again. They'll be out of those finals contentions this year. Okay, we're going to jump up across two state borders. We're going to talk about the Queensland Reds. <laughs> Captain by Scott Higginbotham last year. They finished with a 6 and 10 record, 13th overall in the competition. For his second year, also as coach, will be Brad Thorne. Just a couple of changes in that side, as we can see through. But there's not a real lot when it comes to coming in of players that we do know in rugby union circles. It's actually the it's actually all the outs which are actually surprising. Oh, it certainly is. You go through some of these names here, Shane, and there's some big names in Australian rugby there. I'll let you go through those in a second, but it's just showing that Brad Thorne, after his first year, he's, he's known as an all-black. He also was a, a, a big big time player with the, the Brisbane Broncos and then in the Australian Kangaroos lineup. So get that one, get your head around that one. Where is Auckland? That's it, Queensland. Where is Christchurch? That's it, Queensland. It's really showing that he's backing the young guys that are coming through the Queensland system and showing that you don't that, that he's not going to be taking those big names on their reputation they're going to have to perform for the for the for the Reds in order to get a Guernsey. They certainly do. The major ones that have left the Queensland Reds organisation: James Slipper, he's headed off to the ACT Brumbies. George Smith has left the playing squad for Queensland, but he's actually still there as in a coaching role. He's a forwards coach for him now. 
Quade Cooper, as we just mentioned with the Melbourne Rebels, he's linked up down there. Edo Nabuli, who we also know through St George Rugby League, leaving there to go to Queensland. He's left and he's now actually picked up a contract in Toulouse. And a late one saying you're just coming through. Unfortunately, Anthony Fainga, one of the two Fainga brothers, he's had to retire from rugby due to multiple concussions, which is a shame because he's one of the better number eights running around in the Australian setup. But hopefully all the best for him in the future. Some of their some of their major away games, obviously the Waratahs in round four, which will be at the SCG. That'll be a cracking game, bringing uh, rugby back to the SCG, I think. They'll, they'll get a bit of a nostalgia crowd for that one, I think. Obviously, with, with Allianz being out, it, it allows a couple of these games to go to the SCG. If they promote it right, the Waratahs, I feel they could do it. They need a retro round, maybe a retro jersey or, or something there to try and get back to that heyday of rugby when they did play these big major matches at the SCG. I look forward to seeing what the what the um, Waratahs and the Reds can do together with that one to, to really promote it and make it a, a spectacle. Also, they do their South African double in rounds 9 and 10 where they take on the Bulls and the Sharks. Their last two away games, they play the Chiefs in 15. They finish off the season down at GIO Stadium in Canberra against the Brumbies in round 18. But they get a nice cushy start. They get to have round one off. But then their second buy is in round 11. You can't really sit there and complain about having that first week off. But in regards to fitness and match fitness-wise, you are going to be that seven days behind. But they play the Highlanders in their first game away in round two, so that will be interesting. Well, it certainly will with the Highlanders coming off a, a coming off an or already having that first game. Then for the, the the Reds, they're going to want to have to set up a really good trial game for this weekend just to make sure they can carry that same match fitness that the Highlanders do through to round two. So that'll be interesting to see what they've got planned for that one. But the Reds again. They've got a fairly decent draw. It's had big games against the Waratahs. That game against the Brumbies, round 18, that will be a big game. I reckon that will that will come down to it. It'll decide one of the spots in that Australian conference. Well, speaking of the Brumbies, yes, they are my side. I'll be unabashedly yeah. biased that towards it. 17, 18 of yours that you wear? Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah, I have been a season ticket holder. Since the inaugural no, season. season ticket holding. We live in Sydney. They they play in Canberra. Quite simple, listeners. I used to live in Canberra. Yeah, but you don't I live went in to Canberra anymore. I still I still you get a chance member. to get down. I still get a chance yeah. to get down there. I get to see one game a year. It's usually the Waratahs game or one of the early games in the season where it's a Sunday afternoon. If I'm not doing the rugby league, sorry, Tony, it's going to happen again this year. But. Yeah, the hey, ACT. I missed half the rugby league season, so. But yeah, the ACT Sorry, Brumbies Tony. finished seven and seven and nine. Christian Liliafano will be the captain again. He'll be able to do the full season this year. Obviously, finishing and recovering from his leukemia. They finished tenth overall, but third in the Australian Conference. And for his third year in charge, it will be Dan McKellar. When we're looking at the, the players coming in, obviously James Slippert we spoke about from the Queensland Reds. Pete Summy has come across from the Crusaders, which was actually a mid-season trade last year, but. He'll get to play a proper season with the Brumbies this year. And for all the Manly Seagulls fans out there, yes, we thought he'd be in the Seagulls uniform for a few years. But Tommy Wright has gone and signed a three-year deal with the ACT Brumbies to look at possibly playing at a fly-off backup. But I know, Measy, you're sitting there and you're getting that Keith expression. 
Don't ever refer to anything that I do that is like Keith again, all right? Or else I walk out, even though this is my house, (laughs) that we're recording this in right now. Your little recording device can get thrown off the balcony and you can explain to our Mr. EP of wine. So never refer to anything of mine again as anything that Keith. Sorry, I apologise. Topolsky, you're going to have to apologise sooner rather than later and I want it on air and, and in writing. But Tom Wright, he's an interesting one. Obviously, us both being uh, members of the Manly Seagulls, we've been able to see him being used probably not how we would have liked to have seen him used in the in the couple of years that he was on the Manly books. Played a lot of his time in the New South Wales Cup for, side for Blacktown. Did get a couple of games in the main grade and, and did show what he could do, but just didn't really get those opportunities, did he? No, it was just unfortunate. We... But on the few times that he did get some starts, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's about eight NRL games he actually did play. Probably one, over a couple of seasons, One yeah. starting, and but most of them as a, re, as a reserve player. But, yeah, we were able to see through all the intra-super premiership that we do normally with Tony on a weekend. We can see what that talent has come through. Unfortunately, we couldn't see it in the NRL, obviously players above him. But, unfortunately, Tom's gone to greener pastures, and we wish him the best of luck. When it comes to the Brumbies for what our players leaving... Ben Alexander has retired. James Dargaville, one of their one of their backline players, he's actually headed just back up to Queensland. He's going to play Premier Premier Rugby up there for I think it's GPS. He's just signed on for so. That'll be a good thing for the Queensland competition, but it's just a shame to see those couple of players leaving. There are a few more, but you can see where Dan McKell has just gone, I need to get the broom through this place. I need to start picking players that deserve to be there and not just in there by their names or by talent. Well, I think that's what Australia Rugby needs to get to at this point. So Tom Wright signing is showing that he is a schoolboy. He was a schoolboy rugby star before he did get uh, lured over to rugby league, but he's just going back and showing that uh, rugby union is probably where he he sees a home for himself, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes there. If he can find that same broken run, running play that we saw him get for the Seagulls, it'll be really interesting to see. He'll be able to electrify those crowds down in uh, down in Canberra. But uh, they, they've got another interesting draw here as well, don't they, Shane? And they don't have the double South African trip, do they? They've, they've got something a little bit different. Yeah, well, just looking through it, obviously their first away game is the Hurricanes in round three, and then the away game for the Rebels in round four. But where the other three Australian sides, they've had to make the double South African trip, they actually go to the Stormers in round 10, and then they fly directly across to Argentina. They'll play the Jaguars in round 11. Their last two away games are the Sunwolves in 16, the Waratahs in round 17. But how nice is this if you're looking at it from a Brumbies point of view? Their first buy is in round 7, their second buy is exactly 7 rounds later in round 14. So it kind of perfectly spaces out the competition for them. But and looking at that, the Waratahs game that in round 7, that's going to be a massive game. If, if the the Brumbies and the Waratahs are sitting there fairly close in the top two for the conference. That could be the game that actually decides it. So, Well, it's interesting as well. The Brumbies finish off with a home game versus the Reds. So, as I said, with those two leading leading the the Brumbies home, it's going to be interesting to see where they're placed in the competition. I'm, not going, to, I'm going to let you have your tip first, Shane, and then I'll give mine after we hear your biasness come out. Okay, well, the biasness coming up, my... My head is my head is thinking that we should be probably eighth or ninth overall, but second or third in conference. I still think the Waratahs are the are the top side for the Australian conference. But obviously my heart was telling me that I want them to finish first overall. First in conference, first in overall, but that's not that's, that's not gonna happen. It never happens. It hasn't happened since twenty twelve when they last won the won the title back when George Gregan was playing with us. The- 
So that tells you how far back you have to go for the Brumbies to win a title. So, well, I said I got a little soft spot. The Brumbies are my mum's favourite team, and I know you'll be listening to this one, mum. So yes, there you go. I've got in that your favourite team's the Brumbies, not the Waratahs. Aww. I got a, last time I mentioned that on the bench, I got a very angry text message saying that um, saying that that was her favourite team. It says a thing called poetic um, poetic license and poetic justice. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so it'll be interesting to one to see there with the, with the four Australian teams. Quickly before we go to our break, Shane, let's just go through the fifth team in the Australian Conference, the Sunwolves. Yeah, certainly. Well, obviously, they didn't do too well last year. Only their second season in the competition. Three wins, 13 losses. They were 15th overall and obviously fifth in the Australian Conference. There's not a lot from what I can see that would interest me really as a fan but obviously they're going to have a few players come in there's only a few of them so Tom Rowe Dan Pryor Hendrick Tui who's coming in from the New Zealand conference Phil Burley's actually coming across from from the English I think it's Ulster that he's coming across from if I remember correctly Rennie Ranger is coming across from the Sharks and the only one player going out is now I'm going to have much trouble with this so have fun at my expense oh mate the amount of the amount Nika of Katashevili. Oh, that's a good attempt. Sorry. I'm not going to be able to do any better. But he's, but he is one of the Baltic. I think it was Serbian or one of them. He's actually decided to head home to play in their local competition there. But we did see it towards the end of the season. There is something brewing there. But unfortunately, I can't see it getting any better than finishing fourth or fifth in the the conference. Oh, they'll definitely be finishing fifth in the Australian Conference. It is good to have that pres- presence in Japan, and with the World Cup coming up there shortly, it's it's going to be rugby, and there's going to be more focus, more media attention on them. But, it's, but they they really do need to pick up their performances on the field if they want to grow rugby there as a whole. So it'll be interesting to see how they will perform this year. But as I said, I don't think this is going to be their breakout year. Okay, well that's the end of the first half of this Super Rugby preview here on the Splinters Podcast. Also being broadcast on triplehfm.com.au or 100.1 FM on a Tuesday. We'll be back shortly to talk about the rest of the teams and the overall draw. Welcome back here for the second half of the Super Rugby preview here on the Splinters Podcast, courtesy of the bench on Triple H 100.1 FM, also on www.triplehfm.com.au and also on podcast.com. Yep, podcast with an S.com. Also, like to welcome back my guest here, Matt Mears. Thank you very much for the hospitality tonight in order to do our podcast for this evening with the rugby. Let's get on to all the sides outside of Australia. No. Before you start, you called me a guest. Have you not listened to this podcast before? I am not a guest on this podcast. I am not a freaking guest. Did Topolsky put you up to this? If you've been listening to Topolsky, we've got big problems. Topolsky, I'm coming after you, all right? Make sure. Lock your windows. I'm coming. Okay, well, how about the title of the number number two rugby union analyst in non-commercial radio? Who's on number Triple one? H? I think you're speaking to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm, well, I'm, we I want are recount. Top, I want we, to recount. Well, we, right. we are the top two rugby Swiss union guys. Cricket. It's still cricket season. Yes, I know, I know. Give me some cricket. Okay, well, we've obviously done all the Australian sides and the Australian conference, including the Japanese Sunwolves. Let's have a look at all the other 10 sides that we're playing in this year's Super Rugby. Obviously, we're going to start with the, the Premiers, first in New Zealand conference, first overall. We are talking about the Canterbury Crusaders, finishing at 14-2, third title in a row, beating the Lions for the 
second year in a row last year. They are just a really classy side under Todd Blackadder. Just having a look through some of the players that are coming in for them. Harry Allen, Wetri Douglas, Eri Anari, Lester Fayanaku and, and Yanni Punavati. So, but then looking through some of their uh, outs, Wyatt Crockett, he's one of the best players I've seen in the back row over the last few years. He's left to pursue activities outside of rugby union. Obviously, Pete Samu has joined up with the ACT Brumbies for their season this year. But it looks like almost with some of these sides for New Zealand, you'll play for one side, but then if you're not seen as one of their top 24 players, you'll get punched to one of the other sides and there's always constant mixing and matching music. What do you think? Well, it's just a bit like the NRL, really. They, that's how they treat it. It is their national football code, for lack of a better word. So, if there's always that there's always that changeover, there's always that refreshing of squads that we see just to keep them just to keep themselves fresh, just to keep them on the top of that curve because every season's a new season. Yes, they finished first. They were the, the premiers. They won everything last year, but you can't rest on your laurels. They need to make sure that they stay at that top of that curve. They want to stay up the top. And uh, I think they're trying to put together a team that will do that. They've, they've got a lot of local depth there in that Christchurch area, in that Canterbury area. So they're going to you put that to good use. The one scary thing is you've got to remember, the last time we had a World Cup coming up for the start of 2015, they decided, the New Zealand so the New Zealand Rugby Union decided to rest all of their all-backs players for that first six or seven rounds. And you saw how bad they were everywhere from Auckland all the way through the Highlanders, the Hurricanes, all of them were really disgraceful until they all come back. Do you think they're going to think about doing that again, obviously with the 2019 World Cup, obviously in Japan in late September? Well, I think that's that's what you said, late September. There's a lot of rugby to be played and obviously they'll uh, look at resting them at some time during the year because they'll only want them playing so many matches. I know in Australia, I think they're only limited to 30 matches a season or something like that. But I think when you're looking at February, I don't quite think now is when they'll be rested. I think maybe through some of those lull periods during the middle of the season, particularly if they've got some of the lower teams in the Australian Conference and the uh, South African Conference, they might play a few of their B-team players and they'll just save their their big stars for those uh, New Zealand Conference games. Okay, well, now look at... We're just going to go in order on how they finished from last year. Obviously, the runners-up in the Super Rugby competition overall last year was the Lions. They they, they finished 9-7. and but they were first in the South African Conference but they've had the heartache of losing a final two years in a row to the Crusaders only one player coming in in Danny Meany and just a few players going out in Ruan Dreyer Yaks Van and Franco Mostert Yako Creel who we've seen in the South African national team Marco Janssen Van Vuren and also Rowan Janssen Van Rensburg there's not a lot there they're always going to be up there or pretty close top of the South African Conference and then obviously overall I'd love to see it the only problem is they get to play the Crusaders once and once only this season. Well, as they do, yeah. Yeah, which is... Well, they'll, I'll probably worry and they'll, they'll match up somewhere in the final series. Yeah, of course, but during the regular season for our listeners, if you follow either of these two sides, it is the 26th of April. It is round 11. The Lions actually go to AMI Park to meet the Crusaders over there, so... That'll be definitely... There'll, there'll be some eyeballs on that game, and uh, it'll be interesting for the Lions there to back up. So they did finish second in in the, in the major... T- table 
first in the South African Conference, but a nine and seven record to be mm. finishing second with a nine and seven record. Shane, that's that's something that that's probably a little bit alarming for the overall standard of the competition. It certainly is, especially when you look at some of the other teams that we're going to get through. And for nine and seven to somehow still manage to get you to getting you first in a conference, but well, obviously, they, they, obviously, some of the New Zealand teams have a better record and finish lower due to mm. their ranking and the rankings of the the top of the conference have to finish first, second and third and all that sort of stuff of, of the convoluted way that the um, the final season works but it just showing that the South African teams where they're good on their day they're just that little bit step behind those New Zealand sides they certainly are we'll go to the Hurricanes now the Wellington Hurricanes for our listeners the Cape Tin yes the home, their home is the Cape Kiwi Tin Kiwi Mick will be there <laughs> yes drinking his twoies somethings let's have a water so. a V some chips and some chicken nuggets I think, I think he still owed some from um, what's his face yeah I think I think he's got a few that he stats. Yes, stats. If you're listening, we we want our beer for plugging the uh, from plugging the Peninsula Seagulls. There you go. There's another one. We have got Peninsula Seagulls on a podcast. I'll, I'll look forward to my case of uh, Tui's new turning up tomorrow. Thanks. Speaking about Peninsula Seagulls, that can no, be, that can be part of another bro- another podcast coming up short in the next few weeks when Tony and a few of the boys. They talk about all things New South Wales Rugby League, including the Sydney Shield. But we will get back to the Hurricanes. Obviously, they're fourth overall. They were second in the New Zealand Conference. 11 wins, five losses. Well, there you go. There's nothing, that's not a, nothing to sneeze about. That's actually one of the, the better records. Looking at the players coming in, some of them like Liam Mitchell, you've got Duplessis Karifi coming through, Fletcher Smith, Billy Proctor, James Marshall, and Celeste Rayasi, who's coming up from the junior All Blacks. Also been playing in the seven set up for them as well. The only real notice, noticeable out for the Hurricanes is one of their long-serving players and also New Zealand All Blacks long-serving players in Julian Sevilla. He has now officially retired and has moved into a backs coaching role at the Hurricanes, so he's still in the setup. But yeah, again, they'll be there or thereabouts, the Hurricanes. Um, they had the Waratahs first up at Brookvale Oval, so we'll have a very close look at them um, in their first game. But again, to, to finish with a, an 11-5 and five record and finish fourth in, in in the overall standings is just showing the, the New Zealand dominance over this competition. It certainly does and this just shows you how tight the New Zealand conference was. Fifth overall in it, third in the conference last year was the Chiefs of Waikato. They had an 11-5 win-loss record as well but the only reason that they didn't get the fourth spot was a couple of bonus points during the season. Well, just shows so, you how, how, how important those bonus points are. They certainly are and play is coming in for the Chiefs this year Ruben O'Neill Lachlan McWannell the one major from the Melbourne Rebels in Jack Debrazini Tamua Manu Atamakoila and Etan Nanais Turo the guys coming in but it looks like they've almost done the same thing and they've done the swap with half of their squad Mitchell Graham Sam Prattley Jeff Waits Carl Tuani Kanufi Dominic Bird, Matt Matic Liam Messam Jesse Parody Lutaru Luau Johnny Falui Charlie Nagati Regan Verney, Levi Amua, Tim Nane Williams, Declan O'Donnell, Tony Pulu, and Sam McKin- McNichol. They've all been released or moved to other clubs. Now, in the words of Kenny Sutcliffe, I've forgotten to take a breath. 
Well, <laughs> certainly they're putting the brooms through the, the, the cleaners through there, trying to regenerate that side. And said, if you're not finishing first in that New Zealand conference, that's just sh- that's just showing what that's just a fail for them. They obviously being rugby union being number one over there, they all want to be first in the competition. They want to be the dominant side from New Zealand because that's what's going to get them wins. At the, that's going to get wins. It's going to get them sponsorship. It's going to get them fans at the end of the day. So as, as probably as harsh as it is, it's, it's just sometimes, yeah, you need the cleaners to go through. You need the broom to go through and, and just regenerate that side and, and try and get yourself higher up the ladder. Well, as I said, we've seen the Chiefs and the Hurricanes, like we spoke before. They've always been up and around that top echelon when it comes to the New Zealand Conference and in the overall. But it always seems to be really strong. And then I think like the worst side that we'll get to shortly is something like had six losses. And that's unthinkable when you look at it and look at the Australian sides and all the South African teams where they're having high single digits and low double digit losses for a year to have all these sides four, four five, six losses apart from the Crusades obviously only had two that's just speaks of how professional these teams are obviously well they have the pick of the crop over there they get the best players the best players want to be playing in this competition unfortunately for Australia there's just too much competition there's the AFL there's the NRL that have got the big dollars that have got the big time TV contracts and that's where the youngsters want to play certainly and now we'll speak of the the lowest ranking side for the new, from the New Zealand perspective in the Highlanders they finished sixth overall were the fourth in the New Zealand conference there'll be one more New Zealand team yeah, after this but yes but it's not a New Zealand oh sorry there actually is one more sorry I do stand yes. corrected so yeah but the Highlanders yeah one of the better sides I actually enjoy watching going around but looking at their side they've done the, the same thing where they've basically brought in half a dozen or so players in Seth Fagis Josh Iosepa Scott Aidan Johnson Ray Nua, Jack Wetton, Falau, Fakataba, Marty Banks, and Bryn Gatland, who was in the Auckland Blues setup last year. Going out is Guy Miller, Aki Suai, Kalolo Tuimolomo, Greg Pleasance Tate, Alex Ainley, Dan Pryor, Josh Renton, Fletcher Smith, and Liam Sopawaga. That's a massive out because he's in the New Zealand All Black setup, but I can't see him being picked up by another New Zealand side, so that's very disappointing. So, Well, again, fourth, as much as it is, fourth in the New Zealand conference is not good enough in, in, in the scheme of things for them. And as well as they finish sixth overall, being fourth in that New Zealand conference, it, it's a fail. So it'll be interesting to see what these new players can bring to them and, and try and get them up the ladder. Okay, now we're going to head across to South America. Obviously, we are going to now talk about the Argentinian Jaguars, Jaguars, call them whatever you will, but it is Jaguars is the official pronunciation for the team. They finished seventh overall. They were second in the South African conference. That's not a bad thing to be able to say that you're better than four, uh, three other South African teams. They haven't really done a lot this year when it comes to recruitment. There's actually no one that we can see here is actually coming in. Only two losses, obviously one Martin Hernandez and Nicolas Sanchez, who's their starting fly half. He's headed over to England to play in the premiership over there. He was the guy that almost caused the upset against the Australian side when they went over there for the test match. Correct me if I'm wrong, I think they were up about 21 4-21-5 just before halftime in that test match in Buenos Aires and Australia come back with 38 or 40 points in the second half as a, to absolutely route this Argentinian national team but obviously he's gone there to make some good coin because he'd be running this show again like he did last year. Well that's the that's the good thing about the, the Jaguars, they, they continue that continuity from the national team. It's only really the guys that get those big money European contracts that, that don't carry across from the national team to the Super Rugby team and it just shows you with how 
competitive they are now in the in the um, rugby championship with Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand is because they have that opportunity to play with each other 24/7 around the clock, around the year. They can build those combinations. They can they can build up that rapport with each other that a lot of these other national sides don't get the opportunity to. So because they stay that tight stop, that tight knit type side and, and they're in camp with each other basically 365, that just translates to results. And you can see there with a nine and seven record, second in the in the South African conference, that's nothing to sneeze at at all. I think any team that, that has a, a positive win to loss ratio in this competition is certainly that that's not in New Zealand. I'll preface that that's not in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Any other side that has a, a positive win loss record is um is certainly nothing to sneeze at and it just shows you that there is that appetite for rugby over there and they're only going to keep getting better. Well, we've, I've sat there and I've been more than willing to watch this game early on a Sunday morning, about 7, 7.30 in the morning. They play a real good style of rugby. They would rather play attacking rugby, which I know is something that the Waratahs like to do. The penalty, they're taking penalties all, all the time like you see over in England. That's not in their DNA. They which wanna, is good. Yeah. They want to run the ball. They want to score tries because tries get you the bonus points, obviously, so they would rather do that. But what we'll do is now we'll go across to the team that finished eighth. They were third in the South African Conference. We are talking about the Sharks. They finished with a 7-1 and 8 win draw loss set up. So, yes, they were able to have a draw. And correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, surprise, surprise. It was with the New South Wales Waratahs. But looking at their side for the players coming in, it's only one as of this time in Ruben Van Heerden. And just a few heading out in Ross Geldenhuis, Franco Murray, Keegan Daniel, Michael Clussens, Garth April, Tristan Blewett and Johan Diesel. So I think they're going to be pretty much around the middle of the table, maybe just slightly below the halfway mark. But over there in Natal, everyone loves them. I must admit, I love the uniform itself. As the, I think this year's away shirt actually has the big outline of the, the shark itself as a silhouette. So I'm sure you'll be trying to uh, score a freebie of those, Shane. No, no, the actual one that I want to get my hands on is the one that we're going to talk to shortly, and that's actually the team that finished fourth in the East African Conference, our 11th overall, and we are talking about the Stormers. They finished 6 and 10, which is a bit unfortunate, and they're normally usually in the top two or three in the East African Conference, but they had a bad year last year. You notice the Stormers side when you're watching them. They're predominantly a blue and white striped jersey. Really nice, really nice setup. They're still continuing on their major sponsorship with DHL. They've been doing it for years. I think it's about the 12th or 13th year that they've actually had them as a major sponsor so which is quite rare these days normally three or four years and then clubs will change looking at their players coming in Quenzo Bloso Michael Kimbiri Lee Marvin Mazabuko Chad Solomon Urse Van Ryn Chris Masson Namazaba Ruin Nell Duncan Sale Edward Vandermurf but coming out there's pretty much the same amount of players JC Van der Rensburg Caleb Ulsteisen Carly Sandy Dean Muir Ramon Samuels Jan de Klerk Edward Zamberg Stephen DeWitt Nizam Carr DeWald Duvernay George Whitehead that's a surprise for East African side. No, I'm not being rude or any other type of thing. It's just it's just weird seeing a normal name that's... There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. This Chad Has Solomon, it? you didn't mention anything yeah. about that. <laughs> or, no, Dean, or Dean Muir. Another fine. 
Like you're so used to seeing the Vans or the Doe's as part of the surname. And last is Raymond Rule. But they're usually quite a good team, but just had one of their bad seasons. Well, um, you can see the reaction to that with, with the, the again, the broom coming out. Mm. Another team having the broom put through them. New players brought in to see if they can um, rejuvenate and, and try and work their way up the ladder. And I think if we go on to the next side, I think they've done this and probably to the same degree, if not more. They certainly have. We are talking about a team that finished 12th overall. They were last in the South African Conference. We are talking about the Blue Bulls who finished with a 6-10 and 10 season along with the Stormers, obviously, but a few bonus points in between. It was a difference in the end. When you go through the Bulls players coming in, there's a few of them, so you have to bury me. Madeau, Mabo Keeler, Dayan Van Westhausen, Shock Brits, Kirill Dupree, Paul Schumann, Mulayus, Yano Venta, Dwayne Vermeulen, Theo Marie, Stedman Garns, Franco Nude, Dylan Sage, Cornell Hendricks, and Roscoe Speckman. And then, as you said before, they've obviously put the cleaners through. Out goes Pierre Showman, Mornay Smith, Adrian Strauss, Aston Fortune, Ruan Naughty, Ruben Van Heerden, Sean Adendorf, Boita Haman, Francois Brummer, D. Swanepoel, and Yamba Elongo. So it looks like it could be a long year, but it's it's very rare for the Bulls to have two seasons that are less than a positive win-loss ratio. So I'll be looking forward to seeing how they go. Well, again, it's the cleaners times two. I think they've got the big industrial broom, maybe the one you see at Woolies cleaning out the uh, the back dock going through the uh, the Bulls side. And that's just, uh, that's just a reflection of coming last in the in the South African conference. The, again, maybe not to the same extent of the New Zealand side. I said it is one of their, their, big, their big franchise sport in South Africa. Africa, so to be finishing last there, it, it is a competitive environment. They, they need to be making sure they get the results on the field, and if it's not with the team that they've got there, and they need to make the changes, and boy, have they made the changes there, the Bulls. So it'll be interesting to see how they go this season. They certainly do. And last but not least, we are talking about the Auckland Blues. They finished 14th overall. They were last in the New Zealand Conference with a 4-12 and win-loss ratio. This is the Sunny Bill team that would normally be a hell of a lot better, but for some reason things just didn't click. They're usually quite good. Only a few players coming in, but there's a lot of players going out. Coming in, you've got Ezekiel Lindemuth, Marcel Renata, Carl Tunikaufi, Jed Brown, Tom Robinson, Hoskins Satotu, Harry Plummer, Levi Amamua, a New Zealand All Blacks legend in Ma Nonu, coming back for another stint. This will be his third stint after having a shortened season last year due to injury. And Taniela Talia but heading out. If you thought some of the other sides had long outs, this is the biggest one. Well, this is in relation to coming last in the New yeah, Zealand Conference. I've been saying it throughout this podcast. Here we go. Okay, Polisi Manu, Isaac Salmon, Mike Taramita, Ross Wright, Lyndon Dunshaw, Matahea Martin, Ben Nini, Sione Havili, Jerome Kano. That's a massive out because he's still a current All Black. Antonio Kirikiri, Glenn Preston, Cara Pryor, Murphy Taramai, Bring Gatland, who's obviously moved over, Daniel, F- Daniel Kirkpatrick, Terence Hepp Patima, Matthew Johnson, Auburn Liga, Tuamuamaru, George Moala, Tamati Tua, and last but not least, Jordan Highland. Now, I do need a breath of music. Take over for a minute. <laughs> 
Well, as we've been, as I've been saying through the podcast, the, the New Zealand sides when they when they have those sort of we've seen with some of the the teams that came forth with a with a positive win loss ratio. When you when you're in the New Zealand conference and you can only win four games out of sixteen, and when you're the Auckland Blues playing out of Eden Park, you're going to have a lot of attention, and that's certainly what's happened there. They've they've gone through the squad, they've seen where they've need to make changes. They may not have brought too many in. I think you'll see that there'll be a lot of the academy players come up as well to fill some of those holes. They do have a good breeding ground there in Auckland with rugby players. They certainly would be picking the Blues over the New Zealand Warriors in the NRL, but it's going to be interesting to see how these new players can come in. Um, new Brown will be... Oh, new Brown. Um, Martin That's Honor. Fine. That's a fine. <laughs> I'll give you that. Why am I thinking of a buddy rugby league player? But Martin Onu, he's going to come in. He's going to make a big impact for the Blues. And I said, that first round that they do play at um, at Eden Park against the Crusaders, that will be a good litmus test to see how they've gone in the offseason because you're playing, you come last last year, you're coming up against the, the reigning premiers. It's going to be a packed out Eden Park, even though it's early in the season. That'll be the real litmus test to see how the Blues will go throughout the season. Okay, there's two last things before we head off. Before we get your tips for the first round of the season, the Super, the super W here in Australia, that's Starts on February 23. Obviously, the five Australian sides, so the, the four main sides, Waratahs, Rebels, Reds, Brumbies, but you've also got the Perth Spirit, which is the West Australian side. New South Wales being the Premiers last year, winning it in extra time with a penalty goal over the Queensland Reds, with the with the Brumbies side finishing third, Rebels fourth, and obviously Perth Spirit finishing last. Do you see any upsets in regards to that, or will it be a New South Wales-Queensland final again, or do you see someone else coming into the mix. There has been one trial played New South Wales playing the ACT women and beating them 73 points to 6. Yeah, I think it'll be New South Wales again. They they, they do have the squad there. They've put together that they've continued on from last year and, and not too many changes there. But just to show with the, with the amount of women's sport on the moment, with the AFLW will be running at the same time and then we've just finished the, the WBBL as well. So it'll be a good time for women's sport on there and, and hopefully we'll be able to see a match or two of the, the, um, of the women's Waratahs play as well but I think they'll be too good again this season Okay, last but not least, we're going to do the first round draw here and Mizzy, I'd like to get your tips. Okay, first game Friday night. Chiefs at home to Highlanders Well that'll be an interesting one. The two New Zealand sides going off I think you just have to go Chiefs only because they're at home. Okay, the late game in in Canberra. Brumbies versus Rebels. Well this will be a good one you see it'll be interesting to see if you see Quaid Cooper and Matt Tamur line up for the Rebels. The Brumbies though They've, they've had their changes too. I think the Rebels, with that, they've bought well, but they're going to take a little while to gel the Brumbies again because they're at home. Early game on Saturday in Eden Park, Auckland Blues hosting the Crusaders. Well, again, I just mentioned that before with the Blues. I said they've, they've got a lot of, they've made a lot of changes last year. Crusaders coming off being minor premiers, you can't go past the Crusaders. I think you and I have been agreeing in this one. The Waratahs to beat the Hurricanes. Unbelievable stuff. Oh, it's going to be a tight one. I don't think it's going to be as clean cut as a lot of people will think that it'll be just a, a Waratahs runaway. I have seen them play the New Zealand sides in the trial matches there before. I will go Waratahs, but not with a lot of confidence. Unbelievable!
unbelievable. Okay, the Sun Wolves they're hosting the Sharks. Uh, I think we'll go Sharks. <laughs> okay, the two game, the next game is in South Africa. The Bulls are hosting the Stormers. Well, that'll be an interesting game. Um, both sort of finishing at the bottom of the SA of the South African Conference last year. Again, just because they're at home, I'll go the Bulls. Okay, and last but not least, the Haguarius start their season at home. They're taking on the Lions. I lo- do love, as we were talking about before, I do love watching the, the games over in Argentina. Lots of free-flowing, but coming off the Lions, they'll be hurting from losing the final again. They're going to come out firing round one. We'll go the Lions. But obviously the Reds then have the bye round one, which we have mentioned during this podcast. Mears, you lots to say. Thank you very much for joining me on the Super Rugby preview for tonight. Looking forward to getting out to Brookvale Oval for that first game against the, the Hurricanes. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Certainly will. It'll be a packed Brookvale Oval. Uh, it's been great to be here on the Super Rugby preview. I know that uh, it's going to be a, a good season for all those rugby fans out there. And uh, I look forward to being on Splinters again when Topolsky lets me. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to us here on Splinters, the Bench Podcast, tuning in through www.triplehfm.com.au or on 100.1 FM if you are listening to this on Tuesday night. But you can also then get us on podcast.com. That is podcast.com. Have a good week. Support your clubs and we will see you soon. Good night.